Right, good morning. We, um, if you're here in this room, you'll, you've noticed this, and if you're at home on Zoom, um, I'll just tell you, there are blue pieces of tape on the chairs, and when I, uh, if you were here last week, you might be able to reach back to what that was about, but I did want to say it's, um, and a couple of people asked me about this, is it because of COVID and those are the seats that you're not supposed to sit in? And that's not, that's not, not what it's about. But last week, uh, we began a little uh, kind of a two-part thing. And um, it's just kind of, I wanted to share with you some things that I think God is, is trying to um, nudge me and point, uh, point out to me. But it's the, the gift of limits. And this is a very countercultural um, idea for sure. In a, in a world that says, hey, if you believe it and work hard, you can do it. Um, but, but God also talks about, uh, the, the scriptures talk about limits that we face. And I did, uh, I used an illustration last week, and I'll pull it out again this week. Um, with this vacuum cleaner, um, this cord has a limit to it. Um, and because of the limits of that cord, And I know this is really about as far as I can go. I've got some blue tape here on the, on the, on the carpet to kind of, this is kind of the limit for this vacuum cleaner with that cord. And so we talked about last week, what are some God-given limits that you can embrace and even thank God for in your life? What are some God-given limits that he wants you to, uh, to enter into even with joy? And, uh, and then what I want us to talk about this week what are those times that God is inviting you to press through those limits? And how do we know the difference between the two? Um, so I'm gonna kind of open it up. If you're on Zoom, then you can maybe write a, a, in a word or a phrase um, something about this. But if, if you were here last week and you've given it some thought on some limits, what, what questions do you have or insights do you have that you would be willing to share with us as a group? And I know this is a really risky thing to do. It's, it's assuming that you remembered something from way last week or thought about it. <laughs> but is there something about this, um, this concept of God-given limits that stands out to you um, or that maybe evokes some kind of question that you wanted to, to share with us? This is when we need that Jeopardy music. Yeah. Barry. Well, uh, the, the question that comes up for me is, is, when is it, um, when is it God's limits putting on you and when is it self-will, you know, going beyond God's limits because you're trying, you know, the, you know you're trying to, to prove a point. And so it's about the sermon, you know, mm. when, okay. when is it God-given and, and, and when is it, you know, man-given? Yeah. So, um, Totally, yeah. The, I think the discernment part is, is really big. We were, some of us were talking about this earlier in the week, and um, I, I want to talk about that in specific in, in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to know which voice in us. Is it, is it our voice saying step out? Is it God's voice saying step out? Um, because it could be two different things. Yeah, Jonathan. Anne Marie, oh sorry, and a couple of people mentioned health limits. Healthy limits? Health. Limits. Health. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I'm, I have limited hearing, so I'm, that's for real. This mask thing is not helping me at all when I go to order. I order at Pete's, I have really no idea when they repeat the order if I'm gonna get what I actually ordered or not. I don't know what they're saying. Anything else with, with limits? Yeah. I love that, yeah, to know our God-given limits and to rest in those is, um, it really is a place of rest, yeah, um, it, it, and freedom. I would add freedom to that, too. There is a real sense of freedom when we are okay with that. You have to take yourself off the throne in order to get there. Um, a little bit more about that. Letting God, letting God be God in that. When you started off by saying that you were, you were kind of raised in an environment that was um, encouraged you not to give voice to your limits or to act as though you, you didn't have limits. Um, there, I, I would say I grew up in an environment where, and we didn't use the word limits, but um, ambition was viewed as kind of unhealthy. Um, in, the, in, the, in the religious environments that I grew up in, um, you don't want to be too ambitious. You know, it's, it's not about you. Um, and, and so I, I probably spent an inordinate amount of time, personally, back here, not even getting close to some limits. Because I was afraid, ooh, I, you know, I don't want people to think it's about me. I want people to see God and things like that. But, um, but there are times when I think God does stir in us. And he is saying there are some things that are beyond maybe what you've experienced so far. Um, there are some new ways for you to encounter me beyond that blue tape, beyond that uh, some of those natural restrictions. And, and so um, without a doubt, God has plans for you that will not only push you to the limit, but will push you beyond the limit. I, I believe that for each and every one of us. We each have some limits, and, and God will not only bring us up to that limit, but there will be times when he is pushing us beyond that limit. Tom, were you going to say something? Yeah, I think it's important that we recognize God-given limits, mm -hmm. not self-given limits. God-given limits versus self-given. So uh, give me an example. I'm, I'm totally tracking with you, though. Um, I agree. So Yeah. Limits to do that. We really feel called. So we have to make sure that the limits that we 
Totally. Yeah. Can, can we agree that we, whether it's family of origin or just life experiences, we have some really loud voices in our head that are self-imposed limits. And those are some things that we have to um, just acknowledge and lay that before the Lord. And I think that's probably one of the ways that he's going to want to push us through in some of those ways. Um, I want us to, to think about whether we are living within limits that God has given us, or we, we sense that God has pushed us to beyond those limits, I want us to keep in mind a two-word phrase, faithful presence. Faithful presence. And this is something that we actually, um, I used this phrase several weeks ago, and I just remember it was on Zoom. So whenever that was in the last century, because that's how long we've been on Zoom, I think. Um, but um, I, I put... Um, a tea bag and hot water as a picture of, of faithful presence. As we, as we are there, there's just kind of the presence that permeates from that tea bag. And, and the picture of that is uh, as God's church, we are to be faithfully present to him and we are to be faithfully present in our communities. And what is in us, Christ in us, is allowed to begin to permeate the communities in which we live in. Um, but the, the thing that I want us to think about with faithful presence is, um, are we, as we live within our limits, are we being faithfully present to who God is in that moment and how he has made us? But at the same time, uh, what does it look like for us to be faithfully present to who God is beyond our limits? And how can we be faithfully present to the work that he's called us to beyond our limits? And so I think the faithful presence part is, is really important. And maybe as a way to, to illustrate that is the really important part isn't necessarily where you are as much as are you still connected? You with me? So this is, the, this is the thing that I want us to consider. It's not necessarily are we on this side of our limits or on that side, but have we figured out what it's like wherever we are to remain faithfully present and deeply connected to the one who is our power, to the one who gives us the strength. Because if you live within your God-given limits, but you're disconnected from God, you're missing out on the joy of his presence. If you are living beyond those limits and doing the best that you can to do what you think God has called you to do, but you're disconnected from him, by transcending those limits, you're putting yourself and others around you in a real dangerous place when it becomes something that we, um, we are trying to do in our own strength. So the goal is not how much can I do as much as the goal is to remain faithfully present. Am I experiencing God and, and, and his presence right here? Um, the, the, the goal of this connection is to experience God and his strength. Um, how many of us have heard the phrase, you gotta play to your strengths, okay? 
Um, and I, I think there are some times when that is great advice. Um, I would think that many of us have probably used uh, this, the book as a resource, Strengths Finder, um, as a way to kind of get to know who we are, who you are personally a little bit better. What's the way that you're wired and what are the strengths that you have to offer in work and, and other relationships like that? Um, but have you noticed that God puts you in situations where your strengths don't play, don't play very well? They almost don't factor in. Now, if you are coaching um, the Niners this afternoon, you look at your team and you want each one of those guys to play to their strength, totally. But sometimes we don't get that choice. I'll give you an example, parenting, okay? I've yet to hear someone say, you know what I love about parenting? is that it just maximizes all these great skills that God has given me. And um, I've yet to really run into anything that I, I didn't think I could do really well when it came to raising kids. Now, it, like everything about parenting plays into our weaknesses. So, you know, we can't kind of go, well, I'm just, sorry kids, I'm just playing to my strengths here, you know? I've, I've yet to have my kids say, oh dad, you know, my bike broke but I know you're not really good at fixing things, so I'm gonna YouTube it, and you play to your strengths by going to the coffee shop and you just read and relax, Dad. Prop your feet up, take it easy. No, my kids aren't interested in me playing to my strengths, but I find myself in situations that are beyond my scope where I'm realizing I have to have God's strength if I'm gonna do this. And I have to stay connected with him to experience his power. And really what I'm realizing is it's less about what I can do on the other side of my limits. And it's more about a new way for me to experience God and his strength. Let that kind of sink in a little bit. Because in our very... Um, in our very uh, active... Um, pragmatic, have something to show for it world. We're like, well, if I push through this, is there going to be something to show for it? We're really, what if God wanted us to push through some limits just so we'd have this new way of relating to him in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise? I've experienced God through my times of parenting in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, I've experienced God at times when I have stepped out, wobbly need, am I really supposed to be doing this? But it's been an opportunity for me, whether, it, whether my activity or um, venture succeeded or not, it was a way for me to get to know God in a way that I did not know him before. And that's a win. That's a win. And so I want us to, to think about not only what God might be calling us to, whether it's individually or as a church that's beyond our limits, but just the joy that we can have of, of, of knowing God in a way that we've never known him before. Experiencing him in a fresh way. Let's look at a couple of biblical examples. Last week, we looked at biblical examples of people who had God-given limits and learned to live within them. This week, we're going to look at biblical examples of people with God-given limits who press through them. Every biblical example we have is someone with limits. 
I put tape on every other chair, not to indicate that half of you have limits and half of you don't. It's just, I'm too cheap to give up that much painter's tape, um, is what it is. No, it's, we all have limits, every one of us. And so the question is, how are we going to experience God on either side of that? And I want us to look at this as some biblical examples. Um, won't go into a whole lot of detail on, on some of these, but like the 12 disciples, um, for the most part, they were limited in their education. They were most likely very uneducated. Um, and as best as we can tell, most of them did not have any prior leadership experience. So there's some limits there. God chose them, and we know how God worked beyond that, through that. Um, they also had some character flaws, significant character flaws. They were limited in just their own level of maturity at the time. But God didn't see that as a limit to keep him from doing what he wanted to do through them and also for them to, to grow up. Um, Timothy is a convert, uh, someone that Paul led to faith in Christ. And as best as we can tell, Timothy was very young. Uh, he was very timid and shy. He was very, probably very fearful. So this is the way he was kind of naturally wired. And yet God used him in some really strong and powerful ways as he led the church. And I want us to look at uh, the example of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. And what has just taken place in 1 Kings 18, Elijah, this mighty prophet, has gone up against the prophets of Baal and, um, had, and has had this huge victory, like, like just really pummeled these, uh, the prophets of Baal, and, and God has come down in a mighty way, specifically um, God set um, a, 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 a water-soaked altar on fire and burned up the, the sacrifice that Elijah was offering. So he's had this tremendous experience of victory where basically he's saying, my God is greater than your God. And the people see this firsthand. And then his life is threatened by the king and queen of that time. And so we pick it up in verse Three, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. The journey is too much for you. Interesting phrase. God put down some blue tape. The journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. The journey is too much for you in your own strength. But then God moved and gave him some strength. So like I said, this, is, this has taken place in a very um, 
emotionally charged season of Elijah's life. And he goes from a very high high to a, a, to a very scary and dark low. And so the, the, Elijah finds himself in a place where he is physically exhausted. He is afraid. He is lonely. And he is depressed. Those are some pretty big limitations, aren't they? If you've ever encountered just one of those, much less all of them at once, completely exhausted, fearful, you are convinced that you are alone, and a deep, dark depression is on you. And so um, in his weakened emotional state, Elijah cries out, I've had enough, take my life. In his weakened emotional state, um, we see that Elijah unfairly compares himself to others. Um, He says, I am no better than my ancestors. Maybe that's something that you can relate to when you get down these unfair comparisons. He says, I'm lonely. I didn't read this passage, but it goes, he goes on to say, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. When we use words like only, always, and never, we're probably overgeneralizing. And this was the case for Elijah because God went on to say, actually, you're not the only one. There's a few hundred others that still love me. So in Elijah's feelings of loneliness, God spoke truth, um, reminded him that he was not alone, and then strengthened him, met some of those needs, some of those physical limits that he had, and gave him the power he needed to continue with his journey. Um, It would be natural to think that things like fear and depression and loneliness in our minds would be one of those self-imposed limits. But that very well could be what God is inviting us through so that we can experience him on the other side of fear and depression and loneliness. What God desires to do through us, I don't know, but I know he wants us to experience his faithful presence on the other side of those limits. We spent some time a few weeks ago as a part of Advent looking at the life of Mary. She had some limits. Uh, She was very young. Um, There were some cultural limitations uh, based upon her social status. Uh, She came from a a poor family, so there were some economic issues there. Uh, Her relational status as being single as opposed to married. Uh, But none of those seemed to really be a limit that God said, I can't work through. And we see from what we learn in Scripture how God pressed through Um, so what do we, let me kind of wrap up with, with a couple of things. One, just two general principles for us to consider, uh, when we're weighing whether or not we are really ready to step through beyond some of those limits. And, um, and then to give you an opportunity to kind of think through, uh, some more of that discernment process. Okay. 
So the first thing, and I'm giving you two principles because this was all my little brain could come up with. There's probably 20, okay? This would be a good thing for you to discuss with some people and, and come up with some others. But um, I've already kind of touched on this, but the first principle is uh, if stretching beyond our limits disconnects us from God as our source of power, we know we have stretched ourselves too far. If, if we are stepping out and we can have the best intentions, but if we have disconnected ourselves from God in that process, then we've overextended our limits. And then the second principle I want us to consider is if remaining where we are results in us remaining as we are, then we probably have not stepped out in faith far enough. That might be a limit that he is calling us to step through. If remaining where we are remain, means that we remain as we are, then we've probably not stepped out far enough. In other words, I believe that God is calling us to step out so that we are changed. As I think about, I want to I be used by God to change the world. I want our church to just turn Marin upside down. God is very interested in me being transformed and in you being transformed. And if me remaining where I am means I have to stay as I am in my current level of character development and spiritual maturity, um, I, I don't want to stay where I am. I have to push through in faith, realizing that God could use this situation to transform my character and to strengthen me. Um, I'll give you, uh, I'll use this as an example. The, I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm not very good at fixing things. My neighbor across the street said, you know, you're a big guy with a beard and a tattoo. You'd look like you'd be great at working on cars. And I was like, actually, I'm really good at breaking them, uh, but not so much fixing them. Um, uh, my wife and kids know that I am not good at fixing things around the house. Handyman and Gary Taylor are two phrases that have never been used in the same sentence. Never. I remember Beth, shortly after we got married, we had um, the, 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 in, our, in our condo, the toilet in the master bath was running. And I don't know why, but I thought, I'm married, so now I'm gonna know how to fix things. <laughs> and I remember, you know, looking at this, taking the, the, the top of the tank off and looking at what, and kind of figuring out what I think was wrong with it and making nine trips to Home Depot before I finally got all the things that I needed. And I still managed to break the part, the new part, and had to go back and rebuy it again. And all, you know, it would have been much, much simpler if I just called a plumber and had them, do, it would have been cheaper too, not to mention faster. I am not good at fixing things. So when I say I wanna push through limits, of just really not being real handy. This is what I've learned. It's, it's not so much God wants me to push through those limits so that I can be great at fixing toilets. You know what would really bring glory to God? Not if all of a sudden I was this miraculously good handyman who was using my skills all around the community. What would really bring glory to God is if I would attempt to fix something and my wife and kids could see me smile and even laugh in the midst of my frustration. That would be a radical change in our home. 
I'm not going to tell you exactly what I say <laughs> when I try to fix something and it's not going well, but it does not include laughter. <laughs> um, it does not include words that we're going to use with kids in the room. But I'm telling you, if, if me stepping out, maybe I fix something at the house, maybe I don't, but I would love to get to the point where I am attempting to do something and I experience what it's like to be plugged in with God the whole time. That is a testimony that my family needs to see. What is God inviting you to press through? So there's tape there on the chair, either in front of you, on your back, somewhere around you. And I want you to do, um, I want you to take that tape, and if you need more than one, tear it in half. Um, but I want to reach back to last week and this week, and um, if you feel led to write on this tape and take it home or just take it home, whatever, um, what is a limit that God is inviting you to embrace, and what's a situation in which God is inviting you to step beyond your natural and comfortable limit? So if you were to take a piece of tape that's there, what is a limit that comes to mind? that you have, have bumped up against, that God is saying, I, I've placed that limit in your life in this season, and I want you to experience freedom and rest on this side of that limit. And then what could it be, what's a situation in which God is inviting you to step beyond your handyman skills <laughs> or whatever it is, and, and for you to experience God in a new way? So here's four real brief tips for discerning um, a healthy response to limits. And hopefully this, Barry, this will be a, a good starting point for us to have this conversation with what you were asking about discernment. Um, to discern, is this a limit that I need to live within? Is this something I need to press through? Um, take time to be still in God's presence. I can't emphasize this enough. Just take time to be still in God's presence. Rest in him right there where you are. Be faithfully present where you are as you are. Um, taking cues from Elijah before embarking on a journey, before your natural limits, resting in God's presence. Um, be fed in God's presence. Um, be reminded of God's truth, that you're not alone. These are important things that we experience in stillness. Um, second, seek the counsel of spiritual community. Uh, if you have a spiritual director, these are, these are areas of discernment that we can, we can lay before the Lord in the presence of a spiritual director, a wise spiritual friend. Um, a spiritual director is... It's kind, of, it's, a, it's kind of misnamed because this, that person is really not the director. A spiritual director is just directing you to the Holy Spirit, who is the director. They, a spiritual director's job is to help you become aware of, of God and how he is being faithfully present to you, and then for you to respond in that way. So... Um, Finding a spiritual community, seeking counsel from a spiritual director, 
I think this is, these are people that can help us kind of begin to discern. Is where I am a God-given limit or is God inviting me to press through? Um, I also think third, get to know yourself. This isn't just get to know God's voice. I think it's really important to know you and to be okay with you in that time, season, situation of life that you're in. Um, Just because you know a whole lot about God doesn't mean you know what you should do next because I think God wants you to know a whole lot about how he sees you too. And it can be really dangerous to ourselves and to the people around us if we step out based solely on our relationship with God and not having that relationship with ourselves, um, to know ourselves. And then um, finally, my last little bit of discernment advice is consider praying the prayer of abandonment. Again, reaching back to the life of Mary um, in, in our time of Advent, this was a prayer that we, that we considered praying. It's a very, it takes a lot of courage to pray this. God, may your will be done, no more, no less, nothing else. God, may your will be done, no more, no less, nothing else. And I think those are, again, just some uh, initial thoughts on how we can discern. And there's certainly some other, other things in there that, um, I guess the, one of the main things I want you to hear in that is don't feel like you have to discern this by yourself. There's a lot of uh, communal discernment that, that can and should take place in that setting. Um, as we prepare for the table, um, as we have this time in the week where we press pause and we remember uh, the sacrifice of Christ, um, there was obviously, uh, there was one that it, to me is an obvious limit that Jesus pressed through on our behalf. And that was, uh, we would call it a pain threshold. <laughs> kind of another way of saying, what, what's, your, what's your pain limit? What's your pain threshold? Um, Jesus knew the pain that he was about to go through. And he, he pressed through knowing that the Father had called him to this, knowing that he was going to experience the love of his father as he continued in obedience. He kind of prayed his own version and that night before he was arrested, he prayed his own version of that prayer of abandonment. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I want us to just uh, Eucharisto, to give thanks that Jesus pressed through limits for us. He experienced something beyond those natural limits so that we also could experience the Father in a fresh way. So to prepare your your heart, I'm going to ask um, Ryan and Faith to make their way up to the stage, but just for for you right there where you are, um, can you, would you just allow yourself to be loved by God where you are and as you are? Would you allow yourself to just experience God's embrace, whatever that may be like for you, but for you to encounter him right here in this moment, and then as you are with him, can you say a simple thank you? 
Thank you for your example of pressing through those limits.